and welcome to this week's episode of Margaritas with Margarita Chang, CFP Pro, where 15 minutes on Friday, we give you a podcast and video to help you flex those financial muscles. We know you are going to absolutely love today's guest, Jeff Weiss. He is a CMT and the author of a fabulous book called Relationship Investing. And he is going to talk about stock market therapy for your money. I can't wait to hear all about it. So over to you, Ms. Rita. Thank you so much. And Jeff, thank you so much for being here. We are here to discuss relationship investing, stock market therapy for your money. And I want uh, viewers to be able to see your book. Here it is, Relationship Investing. So Jeff, let's get right to it. First, once again, thank you so much for being here. It's my honor. I appreciate it every time. I I think I'm giving my... uh... Every talk I give is going to be my last. And uh, after 45 years, I'm always honored to be on a show, especially because of the friendship we made and the respect I have for you and thanking Hope for uh, her fine work. Well, thank you so much. Why did you write the book, Relationship Investing, Stock Market Therapy for Your Money? You know, I wanted to write something in my voice based upon the well over 100,000 calls I've received from financial advisors over my my career and really my lifetime in the market, which dates back to a sixth grade math project where we were given the students in our class hypothetical $50,000 back in 1969. And along the way, I learned a lot of lessons. And I always say, Try to learn from other people because in this business, by the time you become smart, you could also be broke. And I wanted to write something in my voice based upon all my experiences and my travels, the seminars I've done, and um, every other corner of the investment community that I've uh, spoken to and received questions from and got to interface with. Uh, And uh, from it, I believe it only for me, this is everyone has their own individual market objectives. And that's why I always say you have to talk to your own trusted investment professional, counselor, tax expert, accountant. But this for me is what I have truly believed ever since I lived through the 1973-74 vicious bear market by some accounts, the worst since the Great Depression. And this is really a compilation of that. And I felt I had to write it, if not just for my kids, for everyone else out there who invests, because the mistakes folks have made, it's never going to change. People want to make money. They don't want to lose money. And human behavior doesn't change. So what I mentioned in this book, again, just in my opinion, will be as relevant decades and decades and decades from now as it is today, as it was when Charles Dow invented the Dow Jones Industrial Average with the original, I believe, 20 stocks. Thank you for that. And I just want to let everyone know that I actually met Jeff before the pandemic, right? He reached out to me based on an article that featured me in Barron's, and I have bought his book, and I read his book, and it's as relevant as ever. So what are a few, of course, we want people to read the book, but- What are some few investment rules that you live by? And what are some that you don't? The ones I live by, number one, capital preservation always precedes capital appreciation to me in any investment discipline. That is just me, but I think a lot of people can relate to that, especially those who've lived through uh, as many bear markets as I have. And remember, on Wall Street, 
what goes up will most likely come down, but what comes down does not necessarily go back up because when a stock goes down 50%, it has to go up 100% just for you to break even. And that's why bear markets don't have to last as long as bull markets to do as much, if not more damage. So capital preservation is number one. Also, I don't average down losing positions. When the market says, Jeff, you're wrong, and it said that a lot, and you have to admit when you're wrong, and you have to learn from your mistakes. From your successes, what do we learn, right? But from our mistakes, I dwell on my mistakes constantly. Now, it's not pleasant, but to me, it's a needed exercise to do to keep your ego in check, to stay humble, because if you're not humble, as my early market teacher told me, the stock market teaches you humility. These are things you have to do. So I don't average down a losing position. Look, you're in a relationship. The relationship gets worse. Your mate becomes progressively more self-centered or meaner or selfish. Well, what have you. Are you going to decide to say, we have to get engaged, we have to get married, buy a house, have children, and continue this dysfunctional relationship for decades to come? Of course not. Chances are you're going to take a step back and reassess. And when the market says that to me, I listen to the market. A lot of people think they're experts. I see a lot of PhDs, a lot of MBAs. Look, I've spoken at Ivy League schools. I've traveled quite a bit. I have never found a greater analyst than the stock market itself. And as my mentor and one of the great market letter writers of all time, Newton Zinder used to say on Wall Street, to know what everyone else knows, is to know nothing. So that's something else I do. And because I believe that capital preservation is everything, I don't worry about taxes. It's hard enough making money in this business, let alone your tax rate. I make money, I pay my taxes. And while dividends are nice, it's not going to do me any good to get a four or a five or 6% dividend if the stock I purchase is going to go down 40, 50 or 60%, which tells me that the potential for that dividend to be continued to be paid may have lessened. So these are things that I do. Oh, one last thing. This is huge. This is, this is, I don't want to say it's the biggest, but I've heard this, I don't know how many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. When I tell people, when I, when I was an analyst and I've served many, many thousands of financial advisors and their clients in this industry, when I tell them that I don't like the way a stock is acting on the chart because I'm a technical analyst, not a fundamental analyst, they say to me, Jeff, but I don't need the money. Now, what if you didn't need the money before one of the great collapses of all time in 73, 74, or before the NASDAQ fell nearly 80% from its 2000 high to, I believe it's 2002 March low? What about the financial crisis of 07 to 09? Or what about what we saw during COVID? What if you did need the money then? Well, sadly, you would have had a lot less than when you started. So when a stock needs to be sold, the stock gets sold, the taxes get paid, whether or not I need the money, that is not an investment consideration. 
neither are taxes. That is, a, to me, a personal considerations. I take personal considerations and I put them aside. I look at the stock. I look at the stock chart. Very, very direct and focused. I love that. It's important to be direct and focused. Um, what are some non-monetary factors you consider when investing? Emotions are key. In my in my book, Relationship Investing, I have a section titled Financial Freud. It's very, very hard. But in my opinion, again, only in my opinion, because everyone's different, person has to know thyself. And sometimes we're so close to the market with our noses up to the screen that it's hard to take a step back and look at things from an aerial view. So sometimes I would suggest to friends of mine, you know, maybe you should talk to somebody. Uh, maybe you should have someone who could see yourself more clearly than you see yourself. And I think if, if you need to be very, very objective. Or are you the person who likes to uh, buy a bigger position with a tighter risk level or buy a small position and have a greater distance between the time you own the stock till the time you get out of the stock? And remember, I don't fall in love with stocks. I personally love trying to catch a longer term move and holding for months and months and months and months. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bad trader and a person has to know in the market what their weaknesses are. You have to know yourself. If you don't know what your weaknesses are, friends, in my opinion, they're going to come back and they're going to get you. So I always know my weaknesses. Uh, believe me, I have a lot of weaknesses. My wife will tell you I have more weaknesses than I do investment wise. But you really have to take stock, if you'll excuse the pun, of yourself and again, create a discipline. Don't fight what the market's verdict is because it's judge and jury and its verdict is final. One last thing. During my career, as I mentioned, taking many calls, I got a call from someone once and they're, they're telling me they have a $25 to $30 stock. And I look and the stock is I'm hitting the symbol, right? Stock's what, you know, it's under 10. And I say, uh, sir, is this the symbol? Because the stock's under 10 and you're telling me it's 25 to 30. I said, yes, that's where it's going in, in, in several years. I said, but if, if I want to sell the stock, am I going to get 25 to 30? They said, well, not really. I said, what am I going to get? They said, the price that's on the tape. So I said, that's all that matters. You know, when someone gets a margin call, you could get a margin call even though you own wonderful companies. But if the stocks aren't good and the market's been going down significantly, the firm asks you to put up more money because you get a margin call. You can't say, I don't have to put up money. I have the finest companies in creation. Products that are second to none. That's not going to wash. That's not going to wash. So this is a very direct, straightforward business. And, uh, you know, we all have to tell stories uh, about the ones that get away, the ones we could have had, the ones we kept too long. But in the end, stock is selling or the market's trading, where the stock is selling or where the market's trading. I know there are 44 chapters and there's lots of lessons. I'd say the key lesson is know thyself. The other thing I would say is key here is there's a difference between a good company and a good investment. So as we wind down, Jeff, do share with our viewers and listeners where they can find more 
about use of your website? W-E-I-S-S-S-P-E-A-K-S dot com. You'll see my site. You'll see some testimonials. None are from my family. (laughs) And uh, true, stock and the company are not one of the same at the same point in time. Uh, If you are in a primary bear market and the market's going down, chances are your stock is going down no matter how well your company is doing. Do good companies become good stocks? Well, if it were that easy, we never hear about any stories of people losing money. So that's that's key. Uh, there, There's more advice in there. I really wrote it you know, with my heart. I originally penned some chapters back in 2000, and I wanted this to come to fruition because I totally believe it could help people. You know, people aren't going to get rich you know, writing books unless they're the name authors. But I really believe this book has something to say. And uh, along the way, telling you what not to do when investing, in my opinion, uh, is as important, if not more important, than telling you what I think you should do. And I I thank you for listening. Uh, Talk to your trusted financial professional because all people's situations are different. And with that said, all good things and blessings to each and everyone. And thank you, Rita. You've been a good friend and, and a great person. And to you, Hope, my new friend, the same. Well, thank you so much. Now back to you, Hope. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff and Rita. Jeff, this is so much fun. You're like a comedian with money smarts. So (laughs) we appreciate you sharing relationship investing stock market therapy for your money. Uh, Everyone needs to get a copy of that. And we thank all of our listeners and viewers for watching this week's episode of Margaritas with Margarita Chang, CFP Pro. I'm Hope Katz Gibbs proud producer of the show on the Incandescent Radio Network and Incandescent TV. We will see you again next Friday. Thank you. Thank you so much for being part of our Incandescent Radio and TV family. This is Hope Katz Gibbs, founder of Incandescent Incorporated, the PR and publishing company for women entrepreneurs. Our incandescent radio and TV shows are brought to you by our advertisers and clients. Margaritas with Margarita Chang, CFP Pro, brings us 15 minutes of tips every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern on Facebook Live, where you'll meet experts who are helping us flex our financial muscles. Find all of the episodes at margaritachang.com. You'll also meet intuitive psychotherapist Kara Keem, who interviews therapists and other intuitive guides from around the world. Learn more at karakeen.com. And you're going to love social justice expert Karen Hanrahan, CEO of the San Francisco-based Glide Memorial Foundation. She bridges the gap from local impact to global change on her thought leadership show on Incandescent Radio. Learn more about Karen at karenhanrahan.com. You're also going to love Alina Liao, founder of the radical wellness journaling company, zenitjournals.com. Alina asks, have you tried to journal but found it hard to keep up? Zenit makes it easier to journal for your wellness. With Zenit, you can customize your journal with prompts that speak to you. No more blank pages. Your Zenit is your personalized space to take care of yourself. Website, zenitjournals.com. Feel it, write it, Zenit. You'll also meet amazing Tracy Schott, founder of voicesforchange.com. Tracy is determined to change the world and end domestic violence. Learn more at voicesforchange.net. 
And we are so thrilled to be publishing a book for Angela Mitchell, who is the tech expert of case management. And she's also the founder of this fabulous organization, Kids Code 2. She is determined to teach kids to code computers. Talk about teaching a kid to fish. We invite you to discover and peruse all the Incandescent Incorporated websites, the magazine for women by women about women, incandescentwomen.com. Our health and wellness magazine is beincandescent.com, the business of mind, body, spirit, soul, and heart. Our YouTube channel is incandescent.tv. And you can learn about our PR and book publishing services at incandescent.us. If you'd like to have your own radio and video show, check us out at incandescentradio.com, where you can see what we can do for you. These podcasts are also featured on iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Our podcasts are produced by Brandy Wilsker. Our videos are produced by Nelson Benavides. Our website developer is Max Kukoy, and our incandescent illustrator and designer is Michael Glenwood Gibbs. If you'd like to learn more, please send me an email, hope at hopegibbs.com. Here is to your incredible, indelible incandescent success. Much love and many thanks.